Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The Best in the World Podcast with Richard Parr. Hello and welcome to the best in the world. Yes, I'm back in the wet and windy United Kingdom after a glorious two-week spell in Cape Town, South Africa, where I was broadcasting for Sportachino. You can see some of those episodes at sportachino.com. Go and check it out. Some amazing views we had there and an incredible time. But despite the weather, it is quite nice to be back in the UK because I'm returning to my daily routine and my goals that I've set. That can be a good thing because that's what we've learned by speaking to some of the greatest athletes on the planet on this podcast, where I speak to the Olympic champions, the world champions, the former world record holders, the former world number ones, to find out what they do differently from the average Joe, which effectively is me. And this week I spoke to the two-time Olympic champion in show jumping, BZ Madden. The American won her two golds in team jumping at the 2004 and 2008 Olympics. We talk a whole range of things with BZ, including her bond and her love for her horses, how she copes when they get injured, and also the logistics of transporting the horses around the world to compete. In 2004, Beasley became the first woman to pass the $1 million mark in earnings, and we talk about what motivates her and what her goals are now, and will she compete in the next Olympics. We also learn about her routines, her organisational skills, and also how she likes to chill out and relax. It's a really good chat with Beasley Madden. That's all coming up in just a moment, but I want to say that today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is one of the leading supplies of audiobooks in the world, and they're offering you a free 30-day trial to check out their product. That includes one free download. All you've got to do is write this code down and put it in your phone or your tablet or your computer and check it out. The code is audibletrial.com forward slash best. That's Audible, which is A-U-D-I-B-L-E, audibletrial.com forward slash best. Go and check it out and let me know how you get on. Send us a tweet at Richard underscore part. I would love to hear from you. Do you know what else I'd love to hear about? I'd love to hear about how BZ Madden became the best in the world. That's up next. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. BZ 
Beasy Madam, welcome to The Best in the World with Richard Parr. We're chatting right at the start of 2017. Now, you've had so much success throughout your career, two Olympic gold medals, World Cup titles, all different amazing achievements. But do you set goals and have you set your goals for this year? Uh, for sure, we set goals. Um, already, we're thinking towards uh, the next Olympic Games in Tokyo. So um, we're just uh, still looking for horses that might be an opportunity for that, and uh, trying to gear the horses, the younger horses that we have, to be able to peak four years from now. Um, short-term goals, I'd say, for this year. I'd really like to qualify for the World Cup final in Omaha. I need to do really well in the next two qualifiers in order to do that. Um, And then really just to get my younger horses some experience, maybe doing some Nations Cups or some shows in Spruce Meadows in Europe. Mm. And and to look forward, we very often have to look back. Did you achieve everything you wanted to in 2016? Uh, I had, yeah, I had a funny 2016. I had some horse, uh, my best, one of my best horses, Simon, got hurt early in the year, so that slowed me down a little. <laughs> and then uh, the making the Olympic team was fantastic, um, and winning a team silver was awesome. And unfortunately, my horse got injured <laughs> during the Olympics too, so I'm a little, little light on horse flesh right now, but. Uh, I have some other ones up and coming, and uh, hopefully we're going to have another building here. When you put so much hard work into everything that you do and all the work you do with the horses and, and then they get injured, do you get frustrated or do you just realize that this is just something unlucky and, and it happens? Uh, for sure it's frustrating. Um, you feel obviously bad for the horses too is the worst part. Um, they... It, unfortunately, if you have horses, they're gonna you're gonna have some problems. So it's how you deal with them and how you can bounce back, and uh, hopefully the horses will recover and on you'll go. The world goes on, right? <laughs> mm. I think it's it's the people who who work with horses is that closely that they, they develop a real bond with, with their animals. Is there any one particular horse you bonded with the most throughout your life? Uh, you know, we're, we're, like you say, we bond with all of them. They're a little like, kind of like pets. You have to be, almost be careful not to treat them too much like pets sometimes. But um, I'd have to say Authentic was one of my most favorites. We got him when he was six years old and kind of developed with him. And he was the first horse to go to the Olympic Games. And he has a fantastic personality and very friendly and alert and intelligent and He's still in our field and up in New York, and we enjoy having him even in the field. <laughs> so you're in New York now, but you're actually from Wisconsin, is that right? Yes, I grew up near Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So tell us about your your upbringing and and how you got in into horse riding. Uh, my parents had horses since I was born. Just a small business of buying young hunters and trying to sell them again. Uh, So I grew up kind of going to the stable. And then uh, I really stayed locally around Wisconsin, basically, until I was 17. And then I got to show on the East Coast for one year as a junior and then went to college in Virginia 
and I got a job as a working student with Katie Perdon, and I was with her for, I'd say, five or six years. I did two years of school because it was a junior college, and then uh, I went to work for my current husband, John Madden, in, I think, 1987. How difficult was it to juggle everything when you're you're trying to train and you're trying to work with the horses, yet you're also trying to study? Are you someone who can organize yourself pretty well? Yeah, I'm an organized person, I'd say, but I didn't try to do take on a whole lot when I was in school. Um, I didn't do a lot of traveling to horse shows. I mostly did summer type things, summer shows and then concentrated on school when I was at school. But I had horses at school as well, so I was able to ride, and I did the intercollegiate. When did you realize that you were going to take this as like a, a, a serious career, a serious profession? Obviously, you, you went to college as well, but when did you start targeting things like, I want to go to the Olympics, I, I want to be the, the best in the world? <laughs> I think... I always dreamed about going to the Olympics. Um, I don't think I've ever been that self-confident that someone I was going to go to the Olympic Games. But um, when I was, after two years in a junior college, I was accepted to the University of Virginia in Charlottesville, which is where I really wanted to go. And at the same time, I was offered a job with Katie Prudent, um, a full-time job. So, well, as a working student. So instead of going to school, I did, decided to do that. So I think that was kind of a, point in my career where I decided it was going to be my career. <laughs> so tell us about your first experience at the Olympics. Was it everything you kind of expected, hoped for, um, dreamed of? Uh, for sh- yeah, I mean, it, we had a fantastic result. Um, I think the whole team we had there, it was a little unusual because it was everybody's first Olympic Games. I don't think that's happened so often before and so we were all maybe a little naive and a little starstruck but um I think the biggest thing you realize once you're there is that it's the Disney Olympic Games and it is very exciting and it's more pressure but it's also the same thing we do day in and day out in Nations Cup events so um it was why we had success it was also a great learning experience in that way. Mm. So, a, a lot of the Olympic champions I've spoken to, they all talk about not changing what they do on the day of a competition to anything else like they do in training or any other competitions. So, what would be your typical pre-competition routine? Uh, mostly, that would be tailored towards the horse I have. Um, mostly, though, it would just to get up, I actually do some stretching myself in the morning and then the horse would get exercise either, you know, probably ideally for a few hours before the competition. Try to sharpen up his listening skills, um, make sure he's loosened up. Obviously check the soundness every day. Um, and then we'd have a we'd be able to walk the course and go. So it's, yeah, like the only thing different that I want the games is you only have one horse there to worry about. So sometimes mm. <laughs> you have to find ways to occupy your time, but we mm. tend to be able to handle that. <laughs> 
how do you occupy your time? How how do you relax when when you you don't have to think about horse riding and competitions and everything like that? Oh, I don't know. I like to watch watch a movie or read a book or uh, yeah. I don't honestly. We're most of the time we are quite busy with the horses, so mm, I can imagine <laughs> we don't spend a lot of time. <laughs> Any favorite book? Mm, not really. I like reading stuff about history or the the World War Two. Um, yeah, anything kind of based on a true story is my preference. Hmm. And of course, your story is amazing and, and people are going to be learning from that as well. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash post. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. More from BZ in just a moment, but I want to tell you that today's show, as well as Audible, is brought to you by Sportachino.com. You may have heard me mention it at the beginning of the show. It is, of course, my video cast, my daily sports breakfast show on Facebook Live, on YouTube Live, and on Periscope. We discuss all things related to sport, fitness, nutrition, travel, and everything else related to it it's a really good show on for 30 minutes if you get a moment i'd love it if you could like the facebook page facebook.com and also subscribe to our youtube channel that would be wonderful all right let's return to our chat with bz madden she is the best in the world the best in the world podcast with richard parr Now, among your many achievements, two gold medals I mentioned, you were the first woman to pass $1 million in earnings in one year. 
has money been a motivation for you or has it been more the the success and the titles or has it just been about the enjoyment of the sport yeah first the enjoyment of the sport is i mean that's how i how i've stuck with it for so long um and then i i'd have to say uh obviously money is important but really the representing your country has been uh my main goal and i'm really lucky with the owners that i've had and particularly now with mrs wexner that's her main objective too is to represent the country well and to try to go to the championships for the country and do well and and then you know obviously everybody likes to win and so winning money is part of that helps keep keep you motivated in between the championship years Everyone does like to win. And as part of your job, as part of your life and career, you, you completely travel the world. Do you enjoy the traveling aspect? Yes. Uh, I have to say I prob- probably don't take full advantage of that. I could do probably some more sightseeing and stuff like that. <laughs> but I really like to concentrate on what we're doing. And But, it's, yeah, it's for sure it's fun to be at different venues and different places. Um, otherwise, it would probably get a little stagnant. Yeah, I've I've had friends who've worked in the MotoGP circuit before and uh, it always sounds glamorous to be doing all these things, but very often you go from airport to hotel to venue and then and then back to the hotel and then home. Um, <laughs> Sometimes changing clothes in the car on the way airport. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, you mentioned about how your routine obviously depends on your horse and, and when we talk about travel to our other stars, again, we're mainly thinking about them and, and maybe parts of their team. How difficult is it logistically when it comes to the travel for, for the horses? Uh, I'd say, you know, there's it's in these days and times, there's easy ways to organize it. Um, there's shippers that specialize in that. Um, but it, that is the, probably the biggest health risk for the horses is their travel. So, um, you try to keep it as limited as possible and, and as short as possible. But, um, and at the same time, sometimes you're on airplanes, the most difficult part is probably for the grooms, you know, because you're limited on equipment a lot of times. Sometimes we're even limited with the number of grooms that can go on a plane. Uh, so it's it's for sure the thing we worry about most with the horses. And um, but at the same time, the it's so much more sophisticated than it used to be. You know, with the, you can fly nearly everywhere. And and uh, you have certain countries that have health restrictions that are also make it difficult, but even that is getting addressed and uh, hopefully uh, getting easier to do go from country to country. When you arrive in one of these countries, let's say it is a long distance, let's say you've had to go on a far journey, do you have to leave early and make sure there is that uh, adjustment times for the horse? Like we're very lucky these days as humans that with with like business class and reclining seats and stuff, you can pretty much get a, a pretty good sleep and land in another country and go straight to work again. Uh, I'm guessing you can't do that with a horse. How, how much time do they kind of need to to adjust? Well, we we do try to let them go business class. Basically, try to give them a double stall. 
and then uh but yeah like you said there's only so much you can do for them uh their systems though are different than ours they sleep much shorter periods of time you know a half hour at a time here and there the so I don't think the time change affects them a whole lot. But yes, we do go when we have a long trip. We have we like to give them two or three days before they have to really gear up for the competition. And also the biggest thing, some places you can bring your own feed, some places you can't, some places you can get the same feed. But that's the biggest thing for them is the environment changes, the feed changes, the water changes. The, you know, all of that is what's hard on them. Now, you mentioned that your first Olympics, you were quite naive as, as a group. And then you went to Beijing as a reigning champion, as a defending champion. Was there any added pressure on you at all? Oh, for sure. You know, we had we had actually two of the same horse rider combinations with McLean and Sapphire and myself and Authentic. And, uh, <coughs> excuse me, two other very good ones. So, for sure, we were hungry to defend our title and we were all more experienced. I think Will, it was his first Olympic Games, but um, he's an experienced rider and nothing ever bothers him. And Laura has been on Olympic teams before. So yeah, we were, we were pretty hyped to defend and it was, yeah, it was a great week we had there. Mm, Absolutely uh, amazing in, in, in Beijing there. And, uh, then you also won the World Cup in 2013. What what was that like? Uh, that was awesome. That was my first uh, real individual championship, and with a horse Simon that I really believed in, and uh, it, you know, I kind of surprised myself that week by winning the first day. I was hoping just to stay within within striking distance because I'm not always the fastest with Simon, but the course and everything just seemed to suit him. And I think that set the tone for the week. Things kept falling into place. You know, I really needed to jump a clear round the last round of the World Cup, and I didn't, but I was still tied. And then Steve had to go first in the jump off, and he went really fast and had two down and made it kind of easy for me. So it was it was like it was meant to be, but it was, it was an amazing feeling. Uh, and all that hard work rewarded right there when you were when you were growing up and 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 getting ready and 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 trying to you know become a a professional and an olympic competitor who were some of the people you'd look up to as role models in the sport well i was a student of katie prudent so for sure she was um one person she she was an amazing teacher and was always an amazing rider um and that's who I kind of knew right around me and then I mean there's so many that I looked up to I didn't really have one particular person but um I mean you look around the top riders are so good (laughs) Mm -hmm. and they you know they maybe they all each have a different thing that you particularly think they're great at and so I just try to take different things from different people. I'm lucky to have my husband, John, who helps with everything. And then, and like right down to picking horses, having owners. And then George Morris was always a good sounding block for me as, you know, he, he and French Chapeau or Chef de Keeps earlier in my career. And each one of them has been influential as well. Mm, 
and you know i'm sure together you're all working together to to find the right horses for you i know you mentioned you're you're looking for the right horses this year to work with what exactly is the right horse what characteristics do they have um obviously jumping ability but that's really only the only a part of it they have to have the temperament that you can work with them they have to be very careful and not want to hit the jumps and these days and ages, these days and ages the horse, the courses are so technical that you need a horse that is very rateable you know that you can adjust his stride you can go in small rings they can go in big rings they can go in front of crowds they can go on airplanes you know there, there's so many qualities that they need to they need to be able to accept things <laughs> and stride. And and then they also have to be physically strong enough to hold up to, you know, it takes us till they're nine years old before you can even start to count on them for big competitions. And you hope they last till they're into their late teens if you're really lucky. So um, they need, they need some longevity in them. Mm. You mentioned being physically strong there for a horse. What about for yourself? You mentioned earlier that you do stretches in the morning. Do you do any other kind of exercise or anything like that other than just riding the horses to help you improve? Do you do any gym work? Do you do any running? Do you do do anything at all? Is that something you need to think about? Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I, especially here in, uh, we're in Wellington right now and we spend a little over three months here. And I go to the gym three days a week with a trainer, and then during the summer I try to try to keep up with it. Um, if I'm in a place with no gym or something, I'll try to run or walk or something to get some exercise. But there's always something you can do with even without a gym. What type of exercises are you doing? Just full body exercises to strength and core exercises. Um, you know anything to build the whole body up Mm. and what about your diet what does that involve (laughs) well with the traveling that's difficult but um (laughs) i try i mean i try to eat some for sure protein and a little bit of carb and try to cut out the fat and sugar you know i do the best i can when i'm traveling when i'm at home it's easy but (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we had the uh, former world 10,000 meters uh, world champion Liz McColgan on the show before and she said that was a similar problem for her and she'd always take some porridge with her wherever she went so she would know yeah. that she could always eat something. Is there any food you take just to make sure that you get something in you? Sometimes I'll take some oatmeal with me too as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can put it, yeah, but... um Mostly you can try to figure out how to get something that's in your diet. Well, BC, it's been so great to talk to you today on The Best in the World. Just before you go, maybe tell us a little bit more about um, the stables you're working at and anything else you'd like to promote on the show and perhaps your social media handles or any information like that, please. Uh, Well, we, we have our stables in Casanova, New York, and then we're very lucky our sponsor mrs wexner has a stable here in wellington florida that we work out of um i'm very lucky to have some great corporate sponsors as well i have voltaire for saddles 
We have Cavalor Feed that helps us get feed all over the world. Um, I have Dion for the bridles, um, Ariat for clothing. Um, we have clothing for the horses and every Charles Owens for the helmet, which safety is a big thing with them. Um, and uh, we have our Facebook page on John Madden Sales. And I think we have a we have a Twitter account too. I'm not so good at all that stuff, but <laughs> well, I'm sure I can find <laughs> you it. You can come visit us on that. <laughs> well, I can find it and add it to our description page as well, BZ. No problems there. Just before we go, you mentioned about safety there. Have you had any scary crashes throughout your career? Uh, everybody has falls. Um, I'd say the worst one was, I think, three or four years ago. I- it was three years ago, the year before the, the spring of the world championships, I had a fall and broke my collarbone. Had to have a plate plate with screws put in it, but honestly, it was pretty quick heal. <laughs> so I've been lucky. Yeah, very lucky. Well, it's been an absolutely amazing career that you've had, and I wish you all the best on your next rotation heading towards those Olympic Games in 2020. Thank you so much for being on the show, and BZ Madden, thank you for being the best in the world. Thank you very much. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. An ace chat there with Beasy, but Beasy isn't the first person we've had from the world of equestrianism. Only two episodes ago, we spoke to Lucinda Fredericks from the world of eventing. You can go back and listen to that on iTunes and on Stitcher and at richardparr.net. Go back, let me know what you think of it, and maybe there's some more stars from the world of equestrianism, eventing, team jumping, show jumping, anything to do with that. If there is someone you'd like me to interview, please send me a message on the Twitter, at Richard underscore Parr, or even on our Facebook page, Best in the World with Richard Parr. I'd really like to know who you would like to hear from on our show. We've also had some other great guests on the program before. Off the top of my head, I'm thinking Darren Campbell, former sprinting gold medalist. I'm thinking Bodo Ilgner, the Real Madrid goalkeeper. I'm thinking the sailing Olympic champion turned CrossFit competitor Anna Tunnicliffe. We've also had water polo stars such as KK Clark. All excellent interviews that you can learn from and improve your everyday life from. So go back and listen to them. And if you get a moment on the iTunes page, I would love it if you would give us a rating and review. And you know what? Click that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Because our episodes are out every single Wednesday you know, it's free knowledge straight into your brain, straight into your heart, so you become an even better person. So subscribe to the page. We're out every single Wednesday, and I've got another great guest for you coming up next week. Stay tuned. More great knowledge on the best in the world with Richard Parr. Until then, have a great week, and I'll speak to you then. Take care. Goodbye. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr.